Yeah, I think I was mostly just looking to be heard. Like I felt so alone because I was like, other people can do this mom thing and they love it and they don't have this experience. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, am I a bad mom because I have postpartum depression? Hello, hello. Welcome to Moms with Benefits. I'm Samantha Saxby. I am here with Kim uh, and I am super excited to talk to Kim. She is bringing the energy and we have two big topics that we're going to dive into today. So Kim, thanks for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Love it. So Kim, so you, you and your husband are both 25 years old, I see. And Mm -hmm. you have a two-year-old, a sweet little boy named Levi. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And so you recently bought four acres of land mm-hmm. and you're trying to start a little homestead, right? Oh, With yes. You and your husband both working full time. Yeah. Yep. What's like, how's that going? It is going well. We have 20 chickens and we will have a second garden here in the spring. And we just love our little four acres of paradise out here. <laughs> I love that. It does sound like paradise. So to kind of kick off today to learn about how you got to paradise, Mm -hmm. I want to start, you know, we're going to tackle two big subjects today. And I think the first is going to be, you know, your journey into motherhood and to where you are today. So you're, you have one child, two years old. I want to learn your story of life before kids, how that leave went for you after having your son, and then how you got back to where you are today, two years later. So that'll be the first topic. And then you and your husband have a unique approach to finances as well. So we're going to dive into that. So lots, lots to talk about. So let's just jump right in there. So to start off, your story was, you know, you were working full time, no kids yet, right? And then you had your child, you went on leave, Mm -hmm. and you had a a journey from a postpartum perspective. And then you went back to work full time. Yep. And then on top of that, you decided to add another job working as a part time job on top of your full time job. So let's rewind. Let's go back to you're working full time, you have no kids. Mm -hmm. What does work life balance look like for you? What does a good day feel like for you? So my full-time beginnings was also kind of unique. I started working full-time between my junior and senior year of college. So I started as a full-time intern and then through my senior year of college, I worked full-time and I took a couple classes part-time. And then once I did my year as an intern and my husband and I got married, I we moved into this cute little 500 square foot apartment, just the two of us. And I was working from home full-time and a perfect day would basically be I get up, I log on, I do a couple hours of work, I go on a little walk in our cute little apartment complex. And then I would finish my day, my husband would come home from work, we would cook dinner together, and then we would watch The Office for like three hours. <laughs> we would go to bed. <laughs> So work-life balance was was pretty good or oh, yeah. not really even yeah. on your mind because it just was a natural balance, would you say? Yeah, I didn't even know work-life balance could be different because it was just my husband and I working and coming home and doing our thing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so then we had a kid enter the equation. Oh, so yeah. talk to me about that. Be, even perhaps, you know, let's start with when you were pregnant, like what, mm-hmm. what did that look like? And how did that impact your thinking? Yeah, so my pregnancy was really tough. I developed a heart condition, I became high risk, it was, it was a whole mess. So work life balance then was trying to find time 
to go to doctor's appointments and drive into the hospital and that kind of stuff. So that's where it kind of started of like, oh, like it's not just me going to work and going home. It's me going to work and trying to schedule doctor's appointments around meetings and that kind of thing. And did you feel like you needed to advocate for yourself in those situations? Or do you feel like systematically there was support for you? And we don't need to talk specific about, you know, employees or anything. That's not Mm -hmm. the point of this. It's more just like, how did you feel like you had to navigate those situations to make sure you were able to speak up for your pregnancy needs? Yeah, so honestly, I had quite a bit of flexibility with the working from home schedule, I was able to rearrange stuff as I needed to go to doctor's appointments, which I'm very thankful for, because that is not usually the norm. I was just very lucky in that situation. Okay, awesome. And so then did you take a maternity leave? How long did you take? How did you figure out what you could take? What did that look like? Yeah, so my maternity leave was actually 12 weeks paid, which is awesome in the state of how things are. Um, But it is not the norm. And I recognize that I was very blessed to be able to take the time that I did. And quite honestly, I needed it. And that time, so was that time given from your employer or the state? It was given from my employer. Okay. Yeah, which was recently enacted, like within the past few years. They've been offering 12 weeks paid for birthing and non-birthing parents. That's amazing. So you were thinking that you would take the full 12 weeks altogether? Yep. I was planning on taking the full 12 weeks. Um, I ended up only taking 10 to leave two weeks for the next, we have a year to take 12 weeks. So I took 10 and went back to work early, which I'm glad I did because I ended up having to take the last two weeks a couple months after having him because my postpartum depression was so bad that I needed time to just exist. I sent him to part-time daycare. He was still in daycare when I took my leave just for my mental health to be able to step back from everything, basically. So Um, I'd love to talk more about that if you're comfortable Mm -hmm. and and willing. Okay. So, so talk to me about that. Like, where did you feel like you maybe first recognized that it could be labeled as postpartum depression? Mm -hmm. When did it kind of cross your mind? Like, oh, something's not right here. Yeah. So I was sad the first few weeks after I had him, we actually ended up getting COVID three weeks after having him. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I had to send my three-week-old baby to stay with my in-laws for two nights because I physically could not get out of bed and care for my child. So that did not play into it. I also had a very traumatic delivery experience. I hemorrhaged pretty bad. So that kind of started everything. And then getting COVID a couple weeks later and not like feeling very helpless as a mother, um, my supply dried up. I had a formula feed and like, that's heavy stuff when you have a kid, your first kid and you're like, I cannot do anything and I have to rely on someone else to do this. And then as time went on during my leave, I was by myself all day taking care of this baby that didn't sleep. He had stomach issues, had to be put on a like special formula and it was just a whole mess. And it kind of, I realized it was bad when I was driving one time, he was born in January. So it was the winter, the weather was bad. And I had to get out of the house. I was like, I need to go on a drive. So I put him in the back seat, And you know, like you have those little baby mirrors where you can see the sweet little baby in the back. And he was sleeping. And I looked in the mirror. And I was like, I would be okay if he just didn't wake up. 
And that's when I realized, like, this is not okay. Like, something, something is very wrong here. So I came home. Yeah, I came home and my husband got home from work. And I just kind of looked at him and I said, I need to see somebody tomorrow. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, what's going on? Because I am not, I'm like, I'm very independent. I'm very, I can do this. I will get through it. It's fine. And he was not expecting that. He had been checking in, like, are you okay? Like, something seems off. But when he came home and I was like, I, I need to do something. This is, this is not right. He immediately supported me and said, that's fine. Call your doctor. Like, we'll do what we need to do. That's when I got into therapy and I started taking antidepressant that I recently weaned myself off of. So I finally feel at this point, like I'm finally above water again. And it's nice to be on the other side of it because looking back, like, it was bad. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that of vulnerability course. that it takes to share this. Um, huge thank you. And I, I have tingles over here. And so when you say you feel like you're finally on the other side of it, I, your son's two years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a that's a long time. Yeah, very long. Time. But, you know, sometimes we're only, you know, not given any leave from work yeah. or. Yeah. Wow. You talked to me about you told your husband, OK. I got to see the doctor. Mm-hmm. How how was that experience? Did they jump right on helping you? They did. did you find? Did they? Okay. They one hundred percent did. I had the best OB through my pregnancy, through delivery, and afterwards. They handled it. They got me medicine as soon as possible. They gave me references for therapists. They gave me like hotlines if there was an emergency of like, hey, you need to talk to somebody. Call this number. Like they are there to support you. Um, which I don't know if that's a unique to my state thing or if that is just unique to my office thing, but I had the best OB team when I was pregnant and postpartum. That's great. That's great. And so you had said that your emotion uh, sometimes was one of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like your emotions transpired, you know, throughout getting help? Like how did they evolve over time and And how did that, I would say, evolve your identity as a mother in general? Yeah, I think I was mostly just looking to be heard. Like, I felt so alone because I was like, other people can do this mom thing and they love it and they don't have this experience. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, am I a bad mom because I have postpartum depression? Is this just like predetermining me to be a bad mom? And I went to the doctor and I felt seen and I felt heard and I felt supported and they were like you are not alone at all and like we are so grateful that you came forward and said something because a lot of moms don't a lot of people do a lot of moms just get through it and it's much harder on them if they don't look for that support system yeah yeah I'm just I'm I'm inspired by your story and your vulnerability and I just thank you I really do think that we need to talk about this stuff more. You know, I have, of course, not the same experience, but I can resonate with you on a postpartum depression. Um, I had my own journey there and feeling the shame that comes with mm-hmm. talking about that in real time, like adding that shame layer to it. Yeah, it, It's tough to get through. And you just, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how we need to get, we, we need to get better about that mm-hmm. um, and supporting moms. Okay. So uh, anything else you want to share about your, your postpartum journey, whether it be 
you know, the, the depression part of it or anything else um, before we kind of head back into how you transitioned back to being a working mom? Yeah, I mean, basically, I just want moms out there to know that it's okay. <laughs> they can ask for help. Yeah. Having any postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, it doesn't make you a bad mom. It makes you a mom that is in a vulnerable time and you need help and that's okay. Yes. Yes. And a mom that cares, right? Yeah. A mom that cares. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think we just need to hear that. So thank you for that. So when you went back to work, mm -hmm. you said 10 weeks after you um, took your leave and you went back full time. So you were oh, yeah. headed right back into it. Okay. Yeah. And so this, the postpartum depression still, still here. Oh, yeah. Uh, still an still overlay around. to all of this. <laughs> but okay, we're back to work. And uh, where's our mindset at? Like, what's our work life balance? Where's our emotions at? How frantic are we? Like, what's what's going on? Yeah, so I have an ounce of perfectionism in my system. So going back to work, being a mom with a kid in part time daycare, he was home with me part time. Um, I wanted to be super mom. I wanted to be super wife because I worked from home. I wanted to do all the chores. I wanted to do, I wanted to do everything. And I still wanted to be the employee that I knew I was before baby. Like I wanted to have that focus. I wanted to have that productivity. And I, I went in hard to going back to work and doing everything. And I found myself quite burnt out after <laughs> like three weeks. I was like, this is not sustainable. It's not going as well as I hope. And that's kind of when I said I need any more time. And I kept my son in part-time daycare and I took just took time to myself um, to kind of figure out who I was as a mom, wife, working mom. Like it's, it is an adjustment that people don't talk about. So I am I'm always talking about it, actually. Whenever anyone that I know is pregnant or going back to work anytime soon, I am that person of like, hey, how can I support you right now? Because I know you're not okay and that's okay. How can we get through it kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. And so it almost seems like your identity, you had to like reflect on your identity of what mm -hmm. it means to be a mother now and to be working and to be balancing all the people around you that need you yeah is, is that fair to say oh yeah you are always needed when you are a mom you are always needed when you're a full-time employee and you just have to do it all you have to do it all oh that feels like we're set up to fail doesn't it oh we 100 percent are um <laughs> uh, which is why i think it's so important to just take time to step back and acknowledge that you can't do it all you can't carry it all like it's not your responsibility to carry it all and it's just it is quite the wild time to be a working mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's curious to me that, so I think the words you used to talk about the employee you were before kids was mm -hmm. high productivity and that you were focused. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like those are the two things that make employees good employees. And so if you have a kid or if you're a mom, instantly like you can't be as productive or you can't be be as focused like mm -hmm. how would you maybe redefine what being a good employee looks like as a working mom if that's a fair question to ask yeah for sure so i think 
at this stage in life that I am so productive. I just don't necessarily in this season go over and beyond. Like it is not my time of life to be doing my job plus. It may not be my time to climb the corporate ladder. It may be my time to maintain where I'm at and take time to raise my son. And once he's a little bit older and he's in school, then I can go back to being that star employee and doing this and doing that. But right now my son's my main priority. So I'm going to do my job. I'm just not necessarily going to work the extra hours. I'm not going to go over and beyond and take on extra work because it's not it's not my stage of life and that's okay. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a seasonality to it almost, right? Mm-hmm. And For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so I have to ask him, um, you know, there is this seasonality to it, right, that we talked about. And so some moms choose not to work Mm -hmm. and totally supportive of that. Everybody's situations are different financially, emotionally, goals, all that stuff. What, from your personal experience, like what drives you to continue to work and to be, you know, a a working mom? Yeah, for sure. So... A couple things there. I am not the stay at home mom type of gal. I love my son more than anything, but I I do not want to spend every second with him. I love him dearly. He's a sweet little baby. Um, but I I need a break and that's why he goes to daycare so I can work. Um and I <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. No, I do. I love him very much, but I do not think that I'm I'm not cut out to be a stay-at-home mom and I know there are women that are and more power to them. I am in awe of them, but that is not my vibe. And then the second reason that I still work is that I do I am the main breadwinner in our family. Um and that is just something that is always been true. And we do have a lifestyle that we like. We have our homestead. We have debt to pay off. We have stuff to do. We have savings to grow so that we are in a better financial space in the future. So that's one thing. Like I I always knew I was going to be working full-time forever. (laughs) I really enjoy working. I really enjoy the work that I do. And I do think that it is something that I will continue to do full-time. I love that. Yeah, I love that. So you kind of you kind of touched on the transition I wanted to make to the second topic, actually, of finances. Mm-hmm. You described to me just briefly the I think the unique goal and plan that you and your husband have. So let's let's dive into it. What are your plans? Um, what talk to me about this homestead? Oh yeah, and your your debt uh, payoff journey. Like, let's get into it. What what are you guys trying to do? Okay, great. So when I got my first full-time job, I thought it would be a great idea to buy a brand new car. And I was like, this is, I have finally made it. I can buy a brand new car. And I took out a $30,000 loan on that car. I was like, this is my hot mom car. I will have her forever. And then I realized that I didn't want to pay that much on a car all the time. So we sold her. Her name was Velma. And goodbye, (laughs) goodbye, Velma. We got another car that we had a loan on. And then we realized that that car broke down. Engine went out in it. There was nothing we could do. 
and we had a loan on this car. We eventually got through to the warranty company and they replaced it, whatever. And we were like, that's never happening again. We are not going to be $20,000 in debt on a car that we can't afford to fix or replace because we have to pay back this loan. So my husband and I kind of decided that we were going to be debt free. We were not going to take out more car loans. We were not going to use credit cards. We, the only debt we want to have long-term is our mortgage, which we have now because we just bought our house and acreage. But yeah, it is a unique perspective in today's world. And we are very blessed to be able to be very close to that goal. And I know it's not the norm, but it is, something that we are both very passionate about. And so what strategies or what resources have you used to kind of make this happen? Is it you and your husband hitting up Google all the time and figuring out how to do it? Do you have a financial advisor? Like what, how how are you doing this? Yeah, so basically we save everything we can. Um, We have a little emergency fund that will pay like if, something happens we have saved up enough that we can exist for about three months so like if either one of us loses any of our jobs any of that we can cover ourselves to exist um so that we don't have to use those credit cards which we do have credit cards we just don't use them like we we have that safety net if we need it (laughs) but we do budget very very extensively Um, Any of our extra money, uh, like we budget a certain amount of our paychecks and anything over that goes straight onto the student loans that we have. And it looks like we will be debt-free except for the mortgage here in about four or five months. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. I I want an email with a, heck yeah, we did it, please. You will get one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We also drive very cheap cars. We buy cash cars. Both of our vehicles, we have less than $10,000 in (laughs) Wow. So we, yeah. So we have pretty cheap cars. Um, they do need pretty extensive maintenance every once in a while. But my husband does have pretty extensive vehicle repair knowledge. So we are blessed in that way that like, right now my car is leaking coolant, actually. <laughs> so he will be fixing that. Um, but our first purchase once we get this debt paid off will be a nicer vehicle for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you uh are okay with kind of the short term, not ideal, not having the most beautiful car uh, because you have these bigger long-term goals and yeah. Yeah, it's definitely short-term discomfort for long-term goals. Um, There's some upgrades we wanna make on the house and the property and that's all stuff that we're gonna need cash for. We don't wanna take out loans on it and it's just stuff we'll have to save for and we have to wait a little bit longer to get it. But once we get to that goal of not having any debt, the only payments we'll have are the phone bill, insurance, and the house. And all of that extra income will go, oh, and daycare. We have to pay for daycare. Definitely not leaving that out. Mm -hmm. But it will be much easier to get to those financial goals if we don't have the past stuff weighing us down. And you keep using the word we, 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 we. Mm -hmm. So can you share a little bit about how you and your husband have these discussions, make these Mm -hmm. decisions? I also kind of want to tie it back to the 
fact that you said you were the breadwinner Mm -hmm. and like, does that like bring anything extra into the equation here? Yeah. So the discussions are not always easy. When we first got married, it was definitely a pride thing for my husband that I made more money than him. And we've gotten to the point where like, yes, I provide more financially, but I can tell you that my husband does a lot more around here than I do. Because I work so much, he does all of the outdoor stuff. He does most of the cooking. He does most of the cleaning. We also heat our house by wood stove. So he does all of the wood cutting, wood stacking, all of that kind of stuff. So he provides in like that kind of way. Um, So that's definitely something that we've had to work through up until this point. But the discussions are really hard sometimes because there are things for fun that we want. And it's usually just stuff that we don't end up using and it sits around. And we have many examples of that sitting around my house. Both of us wanting something that we are like, this is going to be my new hobby. I, I have to buy this now so that I will become the master at the violin, which I have a violin sitting on my kitchen cabinets that I have not touched since I purchased it. So <laughs> our discussions are basically us holding each other accountable for the future goals that we have. Um, we are both 100% in it. And if we were not both 100% in it, it would not be happening. Both of us have to be committed. And there are some months that are harder than others, like Christmas is right now. Christmas is hard when you want to buy all this stuff, especially with a kid. Like, he needs this. He needs that. This would be so cute on him. But I also know that he's two. He's not going to remember any of these things that I'm buying for him. So I have to tell myself that I'm buying him less right now so that when he's 15, he can get that new dirt bike or he can get that new whatever he decides he wants to do. So it's definitely a lot of accountability between both of us and both of us have buy-in in the future. So not easy conversations, but necessary conversations. Yeah. And certainly not just one conversation, right? Where you set your goals and you're set. It sounds like it's a constant evolution of Mm -hmm. goals and what are your short-term versus long-term right now? And then you'll reassess in a few months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. So when it comes to thinking about finances and how to act, like who's actually doing the the doing of it and also like the mental labor that it takes to like look stuff up and make stuff happen where Mm -hmm. does the division of labor between you and your husband shake out there yeah so throughout the month our budget app is updated by him he does all of our transactions to make sure that our money is going where it's supposed to but budgeting for groceries or any like clothes any of that kind of stuff i do that Like I pack all of the lunches for my son for daycare. I do all of his clothes shopping and picking out and that kind of stuff. And it's definitely like a mental load that I didn't realize existed until I started living it. Yeah. (laughs) And there's always that pressure of how can I make more money? How can I do this? How can I do that? And it's definitely put me through a couple of seasons of burnout of like, overworking. I'm actually coming out of a pretty heavy season of burnout where I felt like I couldn't do anything. This was very recently. Like I'm just now getting to the point of taking intentional time for myself because it felt like everyone needed something from me a hundred percent of the time. And I have learned that no is a complete sentence. 
And it is okay to say that. Yes, I love that. Or rather, no. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's helpful. And that's interesting, that concept of burnout, I mean, makes total sense with everything that we manage as working moms. And so mm -hmm. what, is there anything that happens in your day or in your thoughts that you're like, ooh, am I burnt out? Or like, ooh, something's not right. Like, do I need to kind of like take a step back? Like, what are the flags mm -hmm. to you, to yourself to say, hmm, let's, let's maybe reevaluate whether I'm balanced here? Yeah. So I specifically remember a time a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting at my desk and I was just like, I felt like I was getting nothing done, but I was working for so long. And I was like making this menial progress towards nothing. Like I was doing little tasks to try to make myself feel better about being productive, but I did not have the mental energy to like actually dig into a project I was supposed to be doing or like any of that kind of stuff. And I would find myself giving up and just like, scrolling doom scrolling through social media or this and that and i looked back on like my half day and i was like i've done nothing today and i was like i have to do everything all at once now and i was like this is not healthy to continue this is not okay like there's too much going on here so at that point i decided to delete social media off my phone because i was just finding myself comparing myself to anyone and everything like Social media will tell you that you have to do everything perfectly. And if your house is not perfect and your job is not top tier, you are not doing enough. So I said, no, thank you. And then the next day I actually took a couple hours off in the morning and I did nothing. I sat on the couch and I drank a cup of coffee and I read a whole book. Um, I call them fluff books. Like it was a rom-com book. It was like a Hallmark movie in a book. And after I finished that book, I made a list of things I have to do, like priority, and then stuff that I could take off my plate for right now. And that included some chores around the house and like menial tasks at work that I could delegate. And it was just refreshing to move forward and like, oh yes, I don't have to do it all. I do have a support system. I can ask for people to help me. And it doesn't make me less of a mom, less of an employee, less of a wife. If people are there to support you, you should let them. Kim, you are just giving us gold right now. Like, I <laughs> love your perspective. I mean it like, uh, like, we need to hear this as working moms. Like, I wish somebody told me this during my burnout phases. And I, I mean, I'm only my son's eight months into it. So I'm still new. But it's just so important. I just love that you're giving words to these emotions. And you're also saying like, this is what I did. I took a half day off. And I spent time with this book and I just, you know, got out of my head for a while or it's it just, um, thank you so much for those tips. That's so helpful. I think. Of course. So I want to wrap up today with a fun little, uh, game that we're going to do. <laughs> Kim's ready for it. Kim's down. I'm for ready. <laughs> All right. So I have a bunch of words that I'm going to name and I want okay. you to name the first emotion that comes to mind when I say that word. Now, okay. there are no right or wrong answers here. We know that emotions come and go. It is just how you're feeling today and what comes to mind first. So with that being said, the first word is kids. Exhaustion. Pregnancy. Not ideal. <laughs> Not ideal. Okay. Working mom. Tough. 
That's not an emotion. I need to do better at this. That's okay. No, you're doing great. Mental load. Heavy. Finances. Exciting. Benefits like slash insurance. Tiring. I'm fighting my insurance right now. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I have chronic migraines, so I'm going back and forth with it. I actually, mm. can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I have a migraine right now. I've been on my bed all in my on my couch all day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I it's it's a tough day. And I like had to pull it all together for this interview and I'm so excited. I'm glad I did. You are crushing but it. I'm gonna crash after this. I'm gonna crash after this. A crash. You deserve to crash. But I am so happy to be here. We are so happy to have you. Okay, I'm sorry. I interrupted your game. No, that's I okay. Um, is that a secret secret like we should edit this out because we're on a oh no i don't care right share now. whatever you want i'm here share whatever you want i'm just it's been a hard day and you're gonna have those and that's okay but i, I have it. been back and forth with my insurance and my pharmacy and i it's been a long day yeah but i'm so happy to be here and do this and talk about what it's like being a working mom and the realities of it it's part of the reality right you get my grants and you with your insurance yeah that's okay okay so we only have one more question left and hopefully hopefully this will be uplifting but name the emotion uh that comes first to mind when i say the future empowering Ooh, that was a good yeah. one oh yeah right. Well, thank you, Kim. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, thank you so much for your vulnerability and for sharing all, um, all different parts of your journey. We really do appreciate it. Of course. Moms with Benefits is on a mission to empower moms for the financial impact of motherhood. If you're a mom willing and even excited about sharing your journey and challenges with other moms, we'd love to have you apply to be a guest on our podcast. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at momswithbenefits.org, and our application is linked right in our bio. P.S. We see you, Mama. You're working hard today, and you are doing great. Thank you.